Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of June 3. The last two weeks have been eventful on the Armenian-Azerbaijani diplomatic front. On May 22, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev, and the President of the European Council, Charles Michel, met in Brussels for their third meeting. In a press statement issued after the meeting, Michel described the talks as frank and productive, noting that the entire set of issues on the Armenian-Azerbaijani agenda were discussed, including humanitarian issues, demining, and efforts to free detainees and address the fate of missing persons, border issues, connectivity, the peace agreement between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the socioeconomic development of both countries, and EU support were also discussed during the trilateral meeting. Regarding connectivity, the leaders agreed on the need to proceed with unblocking transport links. They also agreed on the principles governing transit between, uh, quote, Western Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan and between different parts of Armenia via Azerbaijan, as well as international transport through communications infrastructure of both countries. They agreed on principles of border administration, security, land fees, but also customs in the context of international transport. Regarding the peace agreement, the leaders agreed to advance discussions on the future peace treaty governing interstate relations. The teams led by the foreign ministers will lead this process in the upcoming weeks. Charles Michel also stressed to both leaders that it was necessary that the rights and security of the ethnic Armenian population in Karabakh be addressed. The statement also mentioned the socioeconomic development uh, of the two countries, noting that the EU will take forward with both parties the work of the Economic Advisory Group, which seeks to advance economic development for the benefit of both Armenia and Azerbaijan and their populations. According to the statement, the sides agreed to hold another meeting with the same format uh, sometime in July or August. And the use of Karabakh instead of Nagorno-Karabakh by Charles Michel created a stir in Armenia and Artsakh. On May 25, the president of Artsakh, Araik Hartunyan, stated during the Security Council meeting that Charles Michel's comment about the rights and security of the ethnic Armenian population in Karabakh in, uh, is unacceptable for the authorities and the population of Artsakh. According to Harutunian, Michel's formulation does not express the demands and aspirations of the people of Artsakh, which are based on the right to self-determination. Araik Harutunian also stressed that providing security and protection of rights for the people of Artsakh is only possible if Artsakh remains independent from Azerbaijan. A few days uh, following that trilateral meeting on May 26, Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehan Bayramov told reporters that the meeting in Brussels was very constructive and successful and that it contributed to the process of normalizing relations with Armenia uh, following the 2020 Artsakh war. According to Bayramov, the sides are now working on opening communication routes between the two countries. We've been hearing about this for months now, Rubina. He also added that the sides discussed the different positions they have and managed to um, get a little closer, if you will. Well, the Polish chairmanship of the OSCE tweeted saying they welcomed the meeting between Armenia and Azerbaijan, adding that direct dialogue is a prerequisite to normalizing relations and preparing a comprehensive peace agreement. According to the tweet, the OSCE remains ready to assist efforts to guarantee a peaceful, democratic, and prosperous future for the South Caucasus. The following day, Ilham Aliyev, Azerbaijani president, told the president of Turkey, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, that the sides have reached an agreement regarding the opening of what they keep calling the Zankezur Corridor, which is supposed to include the construction of highways as well as railroads. Aliyev also told Erdogan that during the trilateral meeting, the five-point proposal 
presented by Azerbaijan was discussed in response to Aliyev's comment regarding the Zankezur corridor. Armen uh, Grigorian, the head of Armenia's Security Council, told Armen Press that Armenia's position has not changed and that such a corridor cannot function in Armenia, and yet the Azerbaijani side continually raises this uh, issue. Following the meeting, the deputy prime ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan met on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border for the first border commission meeting. This was on May 24. The exact location of the meeting was not dis uh, disclosed. According to Armenia's foreign ministry, the sides reiterated the readiness to work on delimitation and other relevant issues, including border security issues. Organizational and procedural issues of the commission's joint activities were also discussed. Along with the meetings at the interstate border, the sides agreed on the expediency of different platforms for future meetings of the commissions. In this regard, an agreement was reached to hold the second meeting in Moscow and a third one in Brussels. On the eve of the meeting, Armenia announced the members uh, of its border commission. It will be headed by Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigorian. Now, Grigorian is also part of the trilateral working group for opening communication routes in the region. This includes um, the Russian and Azerbaijani Deputy Prime Ministers. Shahin Mustafayev, who heads the Azerbaijani Border Commission, is Azerbaijan's representative of the trilateral working group. So we're seeing a lot of different configurations of the same people. Now, the other members of Armenia's Border Commission are Deputy uh, Foreign Minister Manatsagan Safarian, Deputy Defense Minister Arman Sarkisian, Deputy Justice Minister Krikor Minasian, Deputy Minister of Territorial Administration Hovanes Harutunian, Armenia's representative at the ECHR and ICJ Yerishe Giragosian, and the commission also includes high-ranking officials from the Cadastre Committee, the Armed Forces, and the National Security Service. And on May 27, Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigorian told the Russian TASS news agency that during the first meeting, mainly organizational issues regarding the next meetings were discussed, and it, in this regard, Grigorian described the meeting as constructive. The President of the European Union, Charles Michel, welcomed the Border Commission meeting in a tweet, calling it tangible progress following the trilateral meeting with the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan. And today, a meeting of the trilateral working group of the Armenian, Russian, and Azerbaijan Johnny Deputy Prime Ministers, uh, is going to be taking place in Moscow. They will be tasked again with opening regional communications. Uh, their last meeting took place uh, in December 2021. At the time of the recording of this podcast, the meeting had not yet commenced. And Nicole Pachinian and the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken talked over the phone on May 25, discussing the Brussels uh, and Border Commission meetings, among other things. According to a press statement issued by the U.S. State Department, Secretary Blinken offered U.S. assistance with border delimitation and demarcation efforts and encouraged progress to develop regional transportation and communication links. He highlighted the importance of continued bilateral dialogue to solve challenges in the South Caucasus and reaffirmed U.S. support for EU-brokered conversations between President Aliyev and Prime Minister Pashinyan. The Secretary also underscored the importance of normalization of relations between Armenia and Turkey in ensuring peace, stability, and prosperity for the wider region. This week, Russia's uh, President Vladimir Putin also held phone conversations with Nikol Pashinyan and Ilham Aliyev. Pashinyan and Putin discussed a number of issues on the Armenia-Russia bilateral agenda, touching upon regional issues and the situation on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. According to a statement released by Pashinyan's office, Putin welcomed the first meeting of the Delimitation and Border Security Commission between Armenia and Azerbaijan and reaffirmed Russia's readiness to support this process.
This slide also discussed the issue of opening regional communications and an agreement was reached to intensify the work of the trilateral working group. The two leaders also discussed issues related to the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict and the possibility of intensifying the activities of the OIC Minsk Group co-chairs format. According to the Kremlin, the telephone conversation between Aliyev and Putin was initiated by Baku. Um, the two leaders discussed the implementation process of the November 9, 2020, January 11, and November 26, 2021 agreements, highlighting the solution of concrete issues relating to the establishment of peace and strengthening of stability and blocking of economic ties and transportation communication in the region. And to tie up all these telephone conversations right. and meetings, uh, during her weekly briefing, Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova stated that Russia is ready to assist the Armenian-Azerbaijani border commission as Russia has the necessary experts and uh, the maps. Uh, she did not specify what those maps are, but also stated that a team of experts has already been formed to provide support to the Border Commission. Commenting on the involvement of the EU in the Armenian-Azerbaijani talks and border delimitation processes, Zakharova expressed hope that the EU will support the implementation of the trilateral agreements instead of playing geopolitical games. Now, following the Brussels and Border Commission meetings, Ilham Aliyev again made provocative statements on May 27. He announced, as he has done numerous times in the past, that the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict has been resolved and that Nagorno-Karabakh does not exist as an administrative territory. According to Aliyev, the international community has accepted Azerbaijan's position, which was manifested in Charles Michel's statement, where he used Karabakh instead of Nagorno-Karabakh. Aliyev also noted that Azerbaijan is a multi-ethnic religion religiously diverse country where the rights of all people are respected, adding that the rights of the Armenians are also important, but that does not mean that they can have special privileges. Well, no comment there. Uh, the president of Azerbaijan also spoke about the so-called Zangezur Corridor, stating that it is becoming a reality because according to the Brussels statement, the railroad and the highway linking Armenia and Azerbaijan will pass through Meghri and Zangezur. Of course, Arat Mirzoyan uh, countered this claim, stating that Arat Mirzoyan, Armenia's foreign minister, stating that Armenia excludes any corridor within its territory, adding that the route of the motorway has not been agreed upon yet. Again, in response to Aliyev's claims, Armenia's foreign ministry issued a statement accusing Aliyev of being unconstructive and noting that his proclamations are arbitrary, uh, a false interpretation of the agreements, and the continuation of an aggressive and warmongering policy. Um, according to Armenia's foreign ministry, Aliyev's provocative statements seriously put into question the sincerity of Baku's intentions to achieve peace in the region. The foreign ministry also reiterated its position that the negotiations on normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan should be held on the basis of proposals of both sides, which must address the whole agenda of issues, including the final settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. In this regard, Armenia's foreign ministry stated that the international mandate of the OSC Minsk Group co-chairmanship, which, which it received in 1995 to support the comprehensive settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, does exist. In response to Azerbaijan, statements and Armenia's reaction, the spokesperson of Charles Michel issued a statement on May 31, noting that for a sustainable normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, it is important to address all outstanding issues at hand, including advancing discussions on the future peace treaty and addressing the root causes of conflict. In President Michel's opinion, this is according to the statement, all core issues that had led to the first Nagorno-Karabakh war, as well as to the 
quote, renewed hostilities. It's funny calling it renewed hostilities because it was an outright war in 2020, will need to be addressed by all stakeholders to create conditions for lasting and equitable peace. Well, the statement also went on to clarify that with any legacy of conflict, terminology is particularly sensitive, and in this context, Michel's statement on the outcomes of the May 2022 Brussels meeting should not be interpreted as favoring predetermined outcome of discussions either way. What ultimately matters most is that all issues are comprehensively addressed. This includes rights and security of all populations. And in regards to connectivity, Michel's spokesperson noted that both parties confirmed that there were no extraterritorial claims with regard to future transport infrastructure and speculation to the contrary is regrettable. The May 31 statement also mentioned that the EU Special Representative Tovio Klar will be traveling to the region in the next few days to follow up on all aspects under discussion. Klar is now in Yerevan and has already met Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian. The sides discussed the Armenian-Azerbaijani agenda as well as humanitarian issues including the return of Armenian POWs. Against the backdrop of Armenian-Azerbaijani uh, talks and mutual accusations, on May 28, Azerbaijan armed forces opened fire in the direction of Armenian positions in the southeast of the border, fatally wounding an Armenian soldier. Armenia's foreign ministry issued a statement strongly condemning the gross violation of the ceasefire by Azerbaijani forces. The ministry stressed that this provocation was preceded by the warmongering and expansionist statements of the president of Azerbaijan on May 27, which included aspirations again toward the sovereign territory of the Republic of Armenia. Last week, Prime Minister Pashinyan met with the ambassadors of the OSCE Minsk Group co-chair countries, the U.S., uh, Russia, and France. Pashinyan and U.S. Ambassador to Armenia, Lynn Tracy, discussed the intensification of Armenian-American cooperation and strategic dialogue, stressing the importance of the clear position of the U.S. as an OSCE Minsk Group co-chair country on the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, which will contribute to regional stability. Pashinyan noted that the Armenian government is guided by the peace agenda and highly appreciates the continuous support of international partners, including the U.S. Tracy reaffirmed Washington's readiness to continue supporting Armenia's democratic reforms, the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, and the establishment of regional stability. Russia's ambassador to Armenia, Sergei Kopirkin, and uh, Nikol Pashinyan discussed issues related to Armenian-Russian cooperation, again, the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict and the processes taking place in the region. Pashinyan attached uh, importance to the regular meetings with the ambassadors of the OSCE Minsk Group co-chair countries and stressed the importance of this format in the settlement of the conflict. During the meeting with the French ambassador, Anne Louyot, uh, Pashinyan noted that Armenian-French cooperation is developing dynamically and Armenia is interested in the continuous strengthening of relations with France, both bilaterally and multilaterally. Pashinyan stressed the role of France as a co-chair of the OSCE Minsk Group in the comprehensive settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Ambassador Luyot noted that France attaches great importance to the cooperation with Armenia and is ready to continue the efforts to strengthen it. And again, this week's weekend review is all about uh, this situation in the Armenia-Azerbaijan context. There were speculations in the Armenian media that Azerbaijani armed forces had advanced near the village of Nerkin Hand in Armenia's Sunik region. The defense ministry refuted these claims. Azadutun radio station spoke to villagers of uh, Nerkin Hand, who also stated that there had been no advancement or advances of Azerbaijani armed forces in the area since February. 
As a reminder, in February, Azerbaijani soldiers advanced by a few hundred meters near Nerkinhand. At the time, Armenia's Ministry of Defense denied the advancement uh, was recent, stating that Azerbaijani armed forces were deployed there last spring. Human rights defender Christine Grigoryan confirmed on March 21, however, that the advance of Azerbaijani soldiers near Nerkinhand was indeed recent. Yeah, you know, Rubina, this kind of speculation that we're constantly seeing in the media, misinformation, manipulation of information, is really creating more chaos in the country. And I think is a stark reminder to everybody, including ourselves, you know, before you start sharing information, before you start getting, um, you know, really upset, please make sure that the information is verified. Well, before that used to be the rule for the media. Now we have to also remind all social media uh, users, users that absolutely. this is the rule because you create panic. Absolutely. However, it's also understood that a lot of times some of these news are not admitted at the beginning and then they turn out to be correct. They turn out to be true, indeed. Well, opposition protests are now in their fifth week in the country's capital. Tents are still, um, you know, the France Square has become a, a little tent city, I guess you could call it that. It's, it has created, you know, horrendous traffic jams in the, in the downtown core. During the week, there have been uh, detentions of protesters, mainly when they attempted to enter government buildings, because this past week, this is what they've been doing. They've been going to different government buildings and trying to go in, and the police response has been uh, quite heavy, I guess, is the word. All strict. Yeah. Um, the organizers of the protests have announced another rally today at 4, and it has already advanced, and I don't know if it's the already started. can yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, started, and if they can hear the voices from the street uh, Yeah, because we're protests. right across from yes. it, yeah. Uh, at France Square, after which the opposition uh, parliament members intend to return to parliament for an extraordinary session to discuss the so-called red lines, which, if crossed, will mean the loss of Artsakh. This is how they formulate mm -hmm. it. The ruling civil contract faction has already announced that they will not participate in the extraordinary session, which means that it will not take place as the opposition does not have enough members to initiate an extraordinary parliament meeting. According to the ruling party, the opposition is trying to use the issue of Artsakh for political purposes. But from what I can hear right now, Maria, they are going up about Amiyan. Right, they, they are were. heading mm -hmm. to parliament, mm -hmm. but... Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, at time of recording, uh, by the time this it's is published, published, we'll have more information. On May 27, Artsakh's president, Araik Harutunyan, met the mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo, in Goris. Goris is you know, in Sunik region. Hidalgo told Harutunyan that Paris is ready to put efforts in providing aid to the people of Artsakh uh, within the framework of humanitarian programs. The French ambassador in Baku was summoned to the Azerbaijani foreign ministry and was handed a note of protest for the between the uh, Paris mayor and Harutunyan. And also this week, Armenia's President Wagen Khachatryan was in Georgia for a working visit where he met with his Georgian counterpart, Salome Zurabishvili, uh, the Prime Minister Irakli Garibashvili, as well as other high-ranking Georgian officials. During a press conference with Zurabishvili, Khachatryan stated that they had discussed Armenian-Georgian cooperation in the fields of transportation and communication, IT, humanitarian issues, etc. Khachatryan also stated that Armenia's integration into international communication routes as and the Persian Gulf Black Sea Corridor were also discussed with Zurabashvili.
Georgia's president stated that the future of the South Caucasus depends on the outcome of the Armenian-Azerbaijani negotiations. And on the topic of regional communications, Turkey allowed Fly One Armenia to conduct flights over its territory, which means that the airline will now be able to resume its Yerevan Lyon Yerevan and Yerevan Paris Yerevan flights. Uh, Starting on June 17, earlier in May, the airline had announced that Turkey's aviation authorities denied permission to the airline to fly over its airspace. Um, And it's not clear how, why they... What changed. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, in other news, and finally, uh, other news, because uh, this week we've compressed two weeks mm-hmm. of meetings on the Armenia-Azerbaijani border negotiations meetings uh, because we didn't have a week in review last week. On May 26, the first ever Armenian satellite was launched into space. The satellite was carried into space by a SpaceX rocket. During a weekly government session, Pashinyan stated that photographs taken by the satellite will be used in Armenia for border patrol, prevention, and management of emergency emergencies, environmental protection, and climate change monitoring, urban development, road construction, geology, and other purposes. And Beeline Armenia, which was one of the three main telecommunications companies in Armenia, has now officially ceased to exist. In October 2020, Beeline was acquired by Team Telecom, which was established by the Yesayan brothers, who had also founded UCOM, another major telecommunications company, but then left the company in early 2020. Um, So for the past two years, Team Telecom operated under the trademark Beeline, but now it will operate under Team Telecom. You know, I was uh, paying some utilities, and this guy was like really surprised, like, where's Beeline? I need to pay my (laughs) utilities. I had to explain it's now has a different name. Mm -hmm. Well, the ongoing war in Ukraine is creating difficulties for Armenian exports on the Russian-Georgian border crossing at the Upper Lars, where cars and trucks have been stuck for several days now. On June 1, Armenia's Minister of Economy, Vahan Keropian, told reporters that all transportation roads which lead to Russia through Ukraine and Belarus are now blocked and all traffic has been diverted to the routes through Turkey and Georgia. He added that he and his colleagues from other ministries are constantly working to assist Armenians who are stuck at Upper Lars. The minister also stated that on June 11, he will meet his Russian colleagues to figure out what can be done to ease the passage through the border crossing, adding that on June 15, ferry communication will resume between Russia and Georgia, which will also ease the traffic on the land border. And finally, um, it's uh, it's a very busy day here in Yerevan. First of all, we have the protests, and at this moment, we're not sure if they're you know walking toward na- the they've national. They announced a heavy agenda, a very active right. agenda today. Today is also uh, what we call in Armenia the final bell, Verchinzang, huh? which is the day when high school um, students graduate, and there's a lot of celebrations. And uh, please keep warning everyone <laughs> to drive safely. Right, because oftentimes what happens: the parents give their kids their car when they don't have a license and it leads to every year it leads to okay, we again uh, went to a dark place sorry okay uh, also this weekend th- tonight wine days uh, is kicking off so imagine France Square is blocked off by the protesters Sarian Street will be closed down for wine days and it's Verchinzank. So a lot of happy teenagers. A lot of happy teenagers. And uh, we'll probably be spending the night at the office because we won't be able to get home. And last weekend, we had our first ever media festival. And uh, just wanted to say thanks to all those who came, who participated, who supported. It was a great three days uh, of a lot of uh, cool panels and discussions and exhibitions. And we've already started preparing for next year. So... That's the kind of week or two weeks we've had here in our
Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a safe weekend and we will be back again next week. Bye.